Hello, hello, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the H and House podcast. And I have the privilege of interviewing an incredible, incredible client, Ashley Pollard of Team AP Consulting and Me Time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Hannah. I'm really excited to be here, especially because when I was starting, I loved your podcast and following you. So I feel like I went from learning a lot about you to becoming a peer, to becoming a client. And it's been a wonderful road the whole time. I, you are just incredible and truly are just such a pleasure to work with, um, just from your authenticity and just being so genuine and just what you're doing. You truly are innovating within the space. So for those people that don't know you share a little about your story, like how did you get to where you are now? Wow. A loaded question. So, I mean, to make it as brief as possible, I, you know, I'm, from St. Louis, not necessarily a small town by any means, but, you know, a Midwest girl moved to New York, got started in the fashion industry, working in B2B, which is kind of what I'm still doing by being a consultant. And I worked in the fashion industry for 10 years. I started at Oscar de la Renta. I went to Prada. I worked at places like Rebecca Minkoff. Um, I was one of the few people who helped start the Kendall and Kylie accessory line. Um, Sam Edelman, BCBG, Uh, And then I ended as a consultant for Hunter Boots and a couple other brands. And throughout that time, I actually was acting as a consultant outside of my full-time job to small female-led fashion brands and helping them get into ShopUp and Bloomingdale's and the places that I had relationships. And it's funny because my first business was called Room for All, and it was uh, women's empowerment website, in essence, where female-led brands could have their uh, shops kind of like listed on this site with a little bit of like a kickback as a thank you for supporting a female led business. And I had that for about a year and sold it. Uh, and then in 2020, as we know, the world shut down, I lost my consulting gig and I decided to shift to really focusing on small businesses because there are some really great foundation work. There's some great foundational work that kind of has to be done with, understanding your data and understanding who your consumer is and how to sell to them. And there were just some misses that I felt weren't necessarily being communicated. There was a lot about mindset, which is important, but not a lot about business. And so I really tried to lend my voice into that space. And that's how Team AP Consulting began. And then uh, last year we launched Me Time, which is my wellness product that I'm sure we'll dive into. But that's my as quick as possible mm-hmm. synopsis on the story of Ashley Pollard's career journey. <laughs> it's amazing. There's so much to it, but I love it. And let's talk about Me Time, which right now, I mean, obviously you guys can't see, but I literally have my Me Time that sits at my desk every single day. Guys, this product is amazing. Amazing. Aww, uh, my husband asked, I'm not even kidding. I will be in the car. My husband's like, you're taking the oil with you. It's like, yes, I am taking the oil with me. So <laughs> I don't think people will get it. Until, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like the women who get, who get it, get it, you know? Yes. And yes. when you have the eucalyptus oil and you take that breath of it, it instantly mm-hmm. calms you down. It is like Mm -hmm. a one second reaction time and people Mm -hmm. will be like, oh, I love this smell of eucalyptus. I want the oil. And then they get it and they're like, oh my God. I'm like, I know, I know. It's It's so good. It's like the adult version of like a blanket that you carry with you. Like this is my blanket. Totally. Um, (laughs) But let's talk about this. Like you've built this incredible consulting platform and now this product, like why did you start the product business? Like what really inspired you to move into this arena? So 
the true story behind me time is that I got into a car accident in 2017. I was actually in an Uber and we got hit really badly. Um, and it could have been a very fatal incident. Like there's some divine intervention stuff that happened that really protected me. And it was still bad for me, right? I suffered a brain injury. I was really hurt. I was out of commission for about a month. My hand stopped working for a certain period of time. It was just wild. And it's not that I was like a terrible person by any means, but I was very unhappy. And I definitely had not done any work with understanding myself and my inner triggers and who I was. I was maybe about, so 2017, God math. Maybe I was 28 at the time ish. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not doing math right now. And uh, so I I said, you know what? I have a second chance here. And a lot of people, when they have, let's call it a near death experience, it wasn't really, but in essence, I think a lot of people are like, I need to be close to my family. Like I want to spend time with the people I love. And I actually didn't have that experience. I was more like, if I'm here, I have to do something good. Like I have to do something impactful and it doesn't have to make me famous, but I have to help a few people somehow. And so I started doing all this work. I really spent a lot of money going into therapy, which I understand is a major privilege. Um, talk space is also a great option if people are kind of on a budget, but it's still kind of expensive. But I uh, started going to therapy and I took it really seriously. I did a lot of hard work. It was really triggering. It was really uh, Mm -hmm. embarrassing at times and drummed up a lot of these really strong emotions. And my therapist encouraged me to write everything out and to start journaling. And I'm the kind of person where like, I trust the people that I hire and I trusted her. And I said, I've never done this and you say, so let's go. And it was so therapeutic. It was just like a brain dump onto paper. And I, the whole process was like, don't judge what you're saying. Just write something. Even if you're like, I don't know if I actually feel that. And just like the purge of that was so Mm -hmm. releasing. And then you get to see what your thoughts are on paper. And there's a lot of psychology that connects your brain to your hand where your subconscious will come through in writing with things that you didn't know about yourself. And that definitely happened Mm -hmm. with me. So I began to be obsessed with journaling. Uh, I come from a family that is rather introspective. My sister loves to journal. You know, we are a family who really likes talking about psychology and so my sister and I would like trade journals like, oh, like, you know, which journal are you trying or have you tried this one or have you done this, whatever. And I never found one that I loved. They were either too, you know, much homework or not deep enough, or it was like my daily agenda next to my deepest mm-hmm. feelings. And it was like too much. So I decided that I was going to take all of these things that I loved about journaling and put them into a handwritten blank journal. So each morning, and I kind of liked that ritual of like, Every morning, I'm going to write out my journal, like, you know, prompts and then Mm -hmm. answer those prompts. And I started sharing it on Instagram. And granted, I didn't have a massive following, still don't, which is fine. And I started sharing it. And so many people started joining me, right? I had people saying, my husband and I do this with our three kids. I do this with my mom. I do this with my partner. Um, This has changed the way I view myself. This has changed my relationship. I was able to mend this relationship with a parent. I feel like I show up better to work. Like it was unbelievable how frequent I was hearing this. And I loved it, right? I started to like create a connection with the people who were following me. And it was cool because they were like, hey, I started doing this with the morning routine. Like you should try it. And so parts of this journal are things I got from them, which is kind of cool, right? So 
then I, st- I realized I was journaling the same way for about four years and I, I kind of found my way, right? So I thought I'm going to print my journal. There's no need for me to write this every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I shared with people, I think I'm going to print my journal because like I'm kind of sick of writing this. And the onslaught of messages began of like, if you print it, I'll buy one. If you print it one, I'll buy one. So then I started doing the same thing I do with Team AP Consulting where I'm like, what do you want in it? How much would you pay for it? Would you want it to be cool or would you want it to be easy? Do you want it to be downloadable? Like all of the different market research questions. And this was about 2019, 2018, maybe. Mm-hmm. And got all of the information that I needed, right? Aesthetic straight to the point, maybe a little bit of information about how to do a full routine, but I didn't have any money, right? Like Mm -hmm. sure. I had savings. Sure. I could have like put things on a credit card, but I, and I came from a product-based business career, but I knew nothing about sourcing or manufacturing. And so I didn't really want to do it. uh, I wanted to do it justice if I ever did it. And I'm the kind of person who believes that you'll know when the time is right. So I just Mm -hmm. kind of tabled it. Right. And then I started Team AP Consulting and it was very profitable. It was very lucrative. I had a surplus every month of a very decent amount of money Mm -hmm. because I'm not a big spender. (laughs) So I just held onto it for, you know, a project. And it kind of clicked with me where I was like, I've always told myself I wanted $40,000 for me time. I easily have that now. So let's start it. But I didn't have a name for it, which is kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, and then the name evolved and with the help of a friend. Uh, So then it became this thing where I was like, okay, well, I journal. And then I also read a passage every day that was kind of like an affirmation. So, uh, and I love the deck of card trend right now. You know, there's different people putting all these decks of cards together and tarot is a big thing. And so I wanted to play in that space because I love to buy different fun deck of cards, right? Decks of cards. Uh, So then the affirmation cards came to fruition and I didn't really want a candle because I feel like one, everyone kind of does a candle, which we might move into candles, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, But I wanted something a little different and I use eucalyptus oil. So this first kit, this classic kit is the exact routine I've been doing since 2017 in essence. And that's kind of, uh, I mean, not a quick version, but that's you know, how me time started was just like with the help of my community built with them. All of my first customers were people that were people I went to high school with or a neighbor that I grew up with or, you know, and of course people in the online space, but a lot of it were the people who've been journaling with me for years. Right. I love that. I love that. So in terms of like, you know, you obviously have this movement and this mission that's fueling this product. And I think too, you know, there's a lot happening in the online space specifically with people branching out and doing different things. And you hear people talking about launching a product, which I know too, takes so much energy also takes money. Um, you know, what were like some of the lessons that you had to go through? Like, how did you prepare yourself to actually launch this physical product? Like timelines, give us the details. What's funny enough is that I found, yes, you need a ton of money. I'm going to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe not a ton. It also depends on the product. Keep in mind, I launched three, technically three products, right? Um, it also is more expensive if you want to do sizes of something, which I didn't want to do at the beginning because I hated working in sized based businesses in the fashion <laughs> mm-hmm. space. Um, so definitely money, no question. And definitely time. It takes way more time than you think it does. But honestly, I think the hardest thing is that you will not know a lot of this stuff. Right. And for me, 
I knew off the at the beginning that I could Google like how to manufacture. But the thing about the 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 product space is that there is a lot of gatekeeping. So it's mm. hard to find the answers. I spent the money. I talked to an expert. I said, I just need the basics. Lay out the timeline. Who do I contact when and where? What is the proper chain of command here? Uh, just those basic, like you show me the, you illuminate the road and I'll go run. Right. Mm -hmm. I just need to see what I'm doing here. And it was the best thing I've ever done. Right. Uh, I worked with Alia at the product place. She's on Instagram. She's incredible, super helpful, super general, generous with her knowledge. I love her. I love working with her. I still work with her. My where she owns a warehouse and that's actually where I warehouse me time. Uh, and so with her help, I was able to really outline first comes this, then comes this. And I then took off and I knew exactly where I was going. And I think the hardest thing really is that like, you will be bad and disgruntled and annoyed at every single stage for about a year while you're spending 20 to $50,000. And people are like, why would I ever want to do something like that? And that's why you have to have a mission. If you don't, mm -hmm. if you're like, I just want to launch a product-based business, or I want something cool, or I want to be like that brand that brand works their ass off. So just know that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, I think one of the biggest lessons that I would want to pass on. Yeah. Because I think to like anything else in entrepreneurship, right. There's this over, um, glamorization of everything, right? Like it sounds sexy to have a product-based business, but I imagine there was so much time and effort and also money that went into that. So I'm curious, like as you're running team AP consulting, which is a full-time job, how did you balance both launching both. Um, like what were some of the lessons that came up during this time? Um, I'm curious, you know, I've had a lot of practice. I worked in the fashion space where you're working 7am to 8pm Monday through Friday. I can really, sometimes I would say most times on the weekends and with someone hovering over your shoulder at all times saying that they could replace you tomorrow. Right. So it's not even just that it's a very time exhaustive job. It's also a lot of pressure, right? And you're also running six different jobs while you're in the fashion industry. So you're wearing a lot of hats. So I had not only the practice of kind of being an entrepreneur while in the fashion space, I think people think really big brands have well-oiled machines. I will tell you, I've worked for some of the biggest brands in the world and the, like the lights would turn off because they didn't pay a bill. Like it's, <laughs> it's not as glamorous there either as you think mm -hmm. it is. My point being that during that you know, full-time career, I was somebody who was writing copy and managing photo shoots and making decisions about product development and listening to the consumer and all of these different things that kind of lended itself to starting me time. But on top of that, I always had a side hustle. Always. Mm -hmm. I've done everything under the sun for extra money, right? Because I like to live a good life. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> you got to work for it, especially mm -hmm. when you're living in New York City, getting paid next to nothing in the fashion space. Yes. So I was like, a, I was a personal stylist for different, you know, uh, let's say wealthy men. And I, uh, what else did I do? God, I did everything under the sun. I was an event planner. I was a, uh, photo shoot manager where I was like, kind of like an assistant on set while helping the photographer run their shoots. Love it. I designed websites. Like I did it all right. And I had always found, I also had a really popular blog. I had a popular podcast. So I've always kind of done something outside of my full-time job. So I've managed a full-time job and a side hustle for almost my entire career. And that's kind yeah. of how I treat me time. However, 
I'm building Team AP Consulting to kind of be about 50% in involved next year so that my team is kind of the people that you're working with and that you're hiring because I trust them and I love them so much. And I will be kind of more focused on me time. That's the goal Mm -hmm. at least. I love that you said that too, because I was curious about like your team infrastructure, right? Like when you're running multiple businesses Mm -hmm. and even myself, I just opened up a creative studio and balancing both worlds with your team can get tricky and Mm -hmm. you have to organize it a little bit well. Um, So how has it been essentially like running the team for team AP, but also simultaneously building out me time? Well, I think that there's an obvious answer and then there's an answer that people are kind of missing that I have not really heard in this space. And the answer that's pretty obvious is that time management. Um, you know, I try to, I tell everybody, all of my clients, I only do what is essential. I don't do a lot of fluff. I don't do a lot of extra stuff. I post enough on Instagram to be relevant and to be helpful. I email people sometimes. But I spend most of the time with my clients and with my membership, the doers. And that's kind of like what is essential for me and not doing like all of the things all of the time. I I really have no temptation to do all of the things all of the time. I just want to serve my people. They say they want this. Great. Let's do it. Right now. That means that I have to have CEO days for me time which means that I'm offline. I am not to be contacted or maybe contact me, but like delay the message or don't expect a response. And I hold that boundary pretty rigidly. I don't feel also the temptation. Maybe this took time, but I don't anymore feel the temptation. If someone's like, what do you want to do about X, Y, and Z with team AP consulting while I'm taking a me time day? I am really good about, I'll answer that on Monday. Cause I typically do them on Fridays. Mm-hmm. I'll do that on Monday. Uh, So I feel pretty good about those boundaries and I can pretty much hold myself to it. So the obvious answer is time management, but I think the answer people don't go into that is kind of a miss when answering time management Mm -hmm. is that I hold myself to my times. So that's the hardest part is that if I say tomorrow is a me time CEO day and I'm not feeling it, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) I have to Mm -hmm. do it. Right. That is the time that I've delineated for this. If I say I need to review the slides for this masterclass coming up that my team assisted me with. And I don't feel like doing it at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday. Doesn't matter. I have to do it because that's the time slot that I've allocated for this. So it's time management, but it's also respecting myself enough to show up for the meetings that I have with myself as if I'm having a meeting with someone else. So time management, but also respecting my time as if I'm a client of my own business. I love that you said that too, because what was sticking out to me was discipline. And I think a lot of the times too, you see in the online space too, like there's a balance, right? It's like, okay, super, super masculine, you know, strategic, like get shit done. And then it's more on the feminine energy side where, okay, we're going to manifest this thing together. Right. Um, but I think what you said about like really being disciplined to yourself was like really stood out to me because that is so true about entrepreneurship because you can be motivated, right? You can be passionate, but like there are going to be days where shit's hard and you don't want to work and you want to take the day and it's being able to honor that commitment. I love that you said that because no one ever talks about that. (laughs) Well, the other thing is that I do typically work generally a nine to five, right? I kind Mm -hmm. of hold myself very roughly to that. I also have a hard start at 10 AM Eastern. I don't, really work before then, I do really need that time for me, right? It's also a little bit quieter. Now, if I want to work, I can. That's my time. I can choose how to do that. I typically don't. I like to read. I like to make a good breakfast. 
I like to, you know, listen to an audiobook, something like that. Uh, so I do try to do that, but also I let myself work on the weekends. Everyone's like, I don't want to do something where I work on the weekends. And it's like, I work when I work, you know, yeah. and sometimes that means being done at three. Sometimes that means not working one day on a Tuesday, but I have no shame about when I work or how I work. My focus mm -hmm. is that the job gets done. The job gets done. Well, people feel taken care of and heard and respected. And if that means firing an off, firing off an email on Saturday morning, then so be it. Like mm -hmm. I don't really rigidly hold myself to those kind of dynamics when it comes to scheduling. But if yeah. I tell myself on Wednesday, you have to get this thing done, then I will get it done because I owe it to myself as a client, just like I owe it to a client who is paying yeah. us money. I That's love that. View. I love it. So I like to shift gears here a little bit. And mm -hmm. you, I saw recently on social media, we're talking about like long-term growth, scaling. Um, and this is a topic too. I've also been having, um, with several clients as well. And you were talking about exit strategy, right? Mm. Which I love this topic. Um, so, and you don't have to share this, but like, what is your long-term vision? I'm curious how important yeah. is having an exit strategy for, for example, if you are anyone listening here that has a product-based business or wants to start one, how important is having that? So I think having an exit strategy is crucial personally, because if you don't have an exit strategy every day, you're worried that today's the day you exit. Right. And I think it cuts a lot of the, um, tension out of, yeah. am I going to lose my everything tomorrow? And it's like, well, no, because we're building towards this thing that in the future, this is what I'm going to choose to do. And it kind of helps you see a little bit bigger picture. So my exit strategy with me time is much clearer. I want to sell the business. I mm. have done a lot of thinking on that and I could easily be the founder on the cover of the magazine who runs me time and grew it to a $200 million valuation and sells it for you know, $700 million to this thing or that has an IPO. And it's like, no, I have absolutely no interest. Mm -hmm. I would rather make a lean product suite, build a really great community, which we're already building in our tech service, which has far surpassed my email list for team AP consulting already, wow. which is insane and create this really strong community, create a really lean product suite with a great advertising and marketing strategy, and just give that to someone. Now, obviously maybe not give, <laughs> but sell it. Right. And you yeah. can sell a business for a few million dollars and I'm not going to sell it for nothing. I'm not selling mm -hmm. it for $200,000 by any means, but I don't need all the money in the world. Right. I need enough to start my next venture. Right. Which I already know what that would be. Oh and I'm so I excited. I need enough to, you know, take care of things for myself or for my family or different things like that. Right. And mm -hmm. just for like, I did this, you know, now, my point is that that's the goal. I could easily fundraise, raise capital, get $100,000 and then $500,000 and then $2 million here and do different like series A, whatever, through the whole process. And I, I have no interest. Those founders hate their lives and then they sell and they hardly get a cut of it because they've diluted their um, their stake so much. Now, some wow. people stuck with us through that. Some people didn't. Or... I could do what I'm doing and just build it to sell. So that's what I'm doing. I'm building it to sell. So there's a lot of decisions that I have to make that aren't necessarily what I want to do with me time, but I, I equate it a lot with building a house. And I think that you'll understand this where 
if I wanted to build my dream house, maybe I would put my kitchen directly in the middle of the house and maybe I'd put a bedroom in a corner and then a bathroom over here and who knows, right? However, I'm building a house to sell it, which means I have to know what the market is interested in. I need to know what kind of prospective buyers are looking for. And I have to build a house for them because I don't plan to live in this house. So that's kind of what I'm doing with me time, if that makes sense. Mm. I love this so much. And it's so, so smart too, because I think a lot of people are so fixated on the short term of, I just want to get this company to this, or I want to, you know, launch this program or have make this amount per month. But it's like, what is a long-term vision? Because yeah, maybe you want to be hustling on Instagram in like 40 years and selling Mm -hmm. your stuff, or maybe you want to have your money in different investments that's working for you. So I think that's, that is so brilliant. And that's a topic that I definitely want to continue talking about on this podcast as well. So this is awesome. I feel like we need to round two for this and I need to like apply my essential oils here, but (laughs) tell us where can people purchase me time, find you, connect with you and work with you. So you can find me in a multitude of different places. Come hang out in any or all of them. I am kind of someone who, since I, I will say one of my best skills is time management. I kind of do a little bit of everything. So you can finally find me educating on business at Team AP Consulting. You can find me personally just living my life and sharing way too many pictures of my nephew on Ashley underscore P, A-S-H-L-I underscore P. If you want to follow me time, you can follow it. Our handle is actually our tagline. So it's at have a moment for yourself. And I also have my podcast, The Unfiltered Entrepreneur, which is bite-sized educational information about business, or you can listen to our five-minute five to seven minute episodes that are kind of more empowering, uh, which is the daily hype, which is now sponsored by me time. So that is kind of like the me time podcast. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, Hannah. Thank you.